0: Oh my gosh, so, how amazing, this is my first time speaking for Excel, like in person, I did it during the pandemic, virtually, Um, and in true youth fashion, I think I recorded it somewhere around 4 o'clock in the morning, and submitted it to my media guys, God bless them, Um, but Today is awesome. I get to actually see your faces. I get to be here. So for those of you that do not know me, my name is Pastor Evelyn Gerard. I am the children's pastor here at Belmont Assembly of God. Woo! MITs where my MITs at? I see I see some familiar faces, some former graduates from Compass Kids. And a lot of our MITs, praise God for you guys, those are the ministers and training that help us continue to minister to our children. We are grateful for you. I love seeing you guys here. And I also happen to be related to someone you may know. If you don't see the resemblance, right, we're healthy eaters. That's, that's, that's our first one. Uh, food is our love language in our family. But I also happen to be the older sister to Pastor Joey, He's my little brother. Yeah, not so little, right? He's my little brother, um, and very many of his sermons often require the entire congregation to turn around and look at me. So it should be payback time now, right? <laughs> but I won't. I love him too much, and you know he's my boss now. So, <laughs> no. People always ask, like, "How do you like having your brother as your boss?" And I'm like, "Correction, Jesus is my boss. He's my supervisor." Um, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> but um, in true children's pastor fashion, I come bearing goodies. <laughs> woo So in my little tote bag that, you know, I'm like an old lady coming up with my little tote bag. Uh, it's the only one I found that I can get to. Um, I, I got some good stuff up in here. I got some Reese's. I got some Snickers, I got some skittle and a paperclip. Kids, right? The most random things are found here. Um, I got a lot of cool stuff in there because if you know anything about children's ministry, you know the children's ministry is run on prayer, the Word of God, and candy. Like I am forever at Sam's Club buying bulk candy to fill for our ministry because... Sometimes you need a little sugar motivator. And I figured maybe you guys would be the same. Just maybe. But, you know, you probably don't like Snickers or Reese's or anything like that, right? No? Y'all health conscious? You do? (laughs) I love how the leader's like, we do. (laughs) Yes, girl, you answer me. Thank you very much. Um, I have genuinely, oh my gosh, have I been enjoying this series that Pastor Izzy has been doing, you know, Das Cap. Of course, we sit in the staff meeting. He's like, my new series, Das Cap. And I'm like, <laughs> blank face. What? like, so you're going to finish the sentence? What are you talking about? Like, what? And of course, because I'm old, he was like, no, like, Das Cap is like a lie. And I was like, so you can't just say lie? Like, he's like, no, no, because that's what the youth says. I was like, oh, I don't speak that language. <laughs> I speak kid language. I'm fluent in baby. I really am. I can tell if they need a diaper change, a bottle, or whatnot. I'm fluent in everything up to fifth grade, and then it's a foreign language to me. Honestly, at about 11, the language that y'all begin to speak is very foreign to me. Have you guys ever tried to learn a new language, like a second language? Maybe anybody here? Right? You're not old enough to want a Rosetta Stone, but maybe you're with your friends. Like I want to learn what you're. Do- I want to learn what you're saying. I want to learn what you're saying. So I speak two languages, but it is not by choice. It's just like what happened in my life. I speak two languages. I come um, from a Spanish-speaking household. Both of my parents, my father from Puerto Rico, and my mom from Mexico. So they only knew Spanish, and then we went to a Spanish-speaking church. And I grew up in a predominantly Latino community, so my whole world was in Spanish. Until at around three years old, when we were allowed to just kind of go play in the neighborhood, and a new little kid came into the street. His name was Tete, Filipino little boy, I'll never forget that name, and Peter, and they did not speak Spanish. They spoke English. Now, I don't remember this particular moment. I was three. I don't remember. But my father and my mother are always telling me the story of how I walked in the house and I was angry. I was upset and I wanted answers. I was like, why don't I know what those kids are saying? Like, what's happening? Like, for me, I was like, what's wrong with the world? My whole world spoke one language. And then I'm with these kids and I was like, what is wrong? My dad's like, oh, they're speaking English. What? Like, I'm three, right? I was like, I don't. Why can't I understand? You're going to learn. Don't worry. So, you know, in true Latin father fashion, five years old, I get to go to school. And they're like, we can put her in the bilingual program so that she could slowly adjust. He's like, now she's a kid. She'll be fine. Throw her in there. That I should have known is like my life's message. Everything in my life has been like, go, Evelyn, sink or swim. Everything. That's just, all right, Jesus, sink or swim. You're by me. So in that case, it was true. So I learned English in school, and I learned it pretty well, but I don't remember actually having to learn it, like the, the grammatical aspects of it, I don't remember, it just happened. If I had to learn a language now, I would definitely sink. Like there's no way I'm learning a, a new language, it's not for me. And so I'm really struggling when I send my daughter a text and the reply is, a GIF. You know, it's like 800 emojis that apparently make up a sentence. And I'm like, I I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, you're downstairs. Come up here and tell me with words. Because, you know, I got to text my daughter when she's on a different floor. Because why would I get up? Um, She got a phone. I'm paying for it, right? That's my technology. It's either that or I call her on Alexa because we're spoiled. Um, (laughs) We got funny story okay sidebar we got this garbage can that my husband loved right it's when you like pass your hands and the garbage can opens it's like magic right and so my poor little nephew three years old he knows we've got a we've got an alexa on every floor and he goes to get the garbage and he's like it's closed and he's like looking to, for something to step on and open the garbage and he's like i can't find it and he goes keka because he can't say alexa keka ave get got open and i was like no baby it don't work that way you gotta play your hand through it and he's like what um but sidebar funny funny stories because sometimes my daughter sends me texts and i'm like i need an interpreter right um how many of your parents are fluent in emoji gif tiktoks not oh you're lucky my husband is praise god for my husband i'm forever like what did she say what are you referencing? And of course, I think because in pop culture is very strong in my family, um, everything is replied with like a Simpsons reference or, you know, a television show or a movie. Um, I almost fell out of my seat. I don't know if this may be too old for you guys, but I remember my, my youngest daughter, man, she must have been like three or four at the time. And my oldest daughter, who used to like just trip on her thoughts Like, just trip on her thoughts. She ended up, like, falling out. And my youngest daughter was like, oh, she needs some milk. And I thought, this kid gets it. Like, she's three. And she got, I was like... She needs some, yeah, mommy, she needs some milk. And I thought, oh, Lord, my husband has started early. She's only three. Like, what hope do I have to speak the language of my children? And so thank God I've got a lifeline and a connection. And I'm trying really hard to be relevant. I try to be on social media. I just don't like it. It's like a job. It's too much work. Like, I do a lot of really, really amazing things that y'all don't need to know about. Because, like, God knows, and I'm happy with that. Like, I'm okay, but my children, mommy, mommy, get on social media. I'm really on there to see what I need to pray about. It's like homework, like, checked off the list. I was on Instagram, I was on Twitter. Who am I going to pray? Who am I going to call? Whew, done. Like, that was a yeah, LOL. <laughs> Laugh at praying hands. I love you. I'm getting better, I promise. I am, I promise. Um, but could you imagine if we can all speak a foreign language, If we can all be fluent in something. So today I want to talk about biblical fluency, right? I'm going to get all theological here. Biblical fluency. But I'm going to ease you into biblical fluency with a game because I'm a kids pastor. And that is your glimpse into Compass Kids. We do do a lot of Bible games, Bible drills. We do a lot of this stuff because it's fun. And I get to teach them the word of God, and they don't even know it. Like, we're just playing games, right? But they get it. It's awesome. You guys were pretty quick with those, with those emojis to figure it out. You're pros in speaking emojis. Now imagine if you were just as fluent with the Bible. biblical fluency. All right, guys, pray with me because I need the Holy Spirit. Dear Jesus, Lord, I thank you so much for the honor and the privilege to be in your house today, Lord. Lord, I pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit to move through me and speak through me, Lord. Let it be your word that touches the hearts of each and every person that is here. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit may move throughout this room, convicting, challenging, and sweetly calling each person toward you. Lord, I pray that you may move, dear Jesus, that it may not be my words, but your words spoken today, so that you may be glorified in all that I say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Biblical fluency. So I am going to piggyback off of Pastor Izzy, because I am loving this series, It is near and dear to me because I've actually done a Bible study with my oldest daughter and I'm about to begin it with my youngest daughter. Right before that preteen, you know, right before like I lose them, they become my husband's. like mommy is their world until they're 11, something switches in their brain. I don't play Fortnite. I don't like TikTok. My husband does all of that. So they love their dad, which at first kind of hurt my feelings. And now I'm like, you mean I get to watch TV uninterrupted? Like, no one's going to be like, unless they want snacks, I don't get bothered. And they're on their own snack duty now. Like, figure it out, girls. So it's, it's kind of nice. I'm embracing that new season. But this, this lie and truth is so important. I'm doing a series with my girls. So girls that, or lies that girls believe. And it's really important to me to to get their attention and get them to understand that the world around them is going to constantly be feeding them lies. It's going to put it in their... Look, y'all live with the screen right here. 99% of what we watch is questionable at best, right? Unless you're like only reading the Bible, which like, come on, is that true? (laughs) No. Um, But... It's, it's always in their face. And so I want to remind them. And so when, when Pastor Izzy started doing this study, I was like, let's start it with my daughters. It's awesome. It's, it's something that means so much to me. And so when I was thinking of the lies, you know, like I wrote three sermons before I got to this one. I was like, no, not that one, Jesus. Okay. We're gonna, no, not that one either. Okay. And so finally God was like, this is what I want you to share with them. And this lie actually breaks my heart. Right? But it breaks like my 41 year old heart. Because at 16 and 17, I didn't really care either way. But this lie is that the Bible is boring. This lie, now look, I get it, y'all. If you walk into class, first day of school, and they say, here's your book. You're going to read it from beginning to end. And you have a final exam that's like life or death. You're like, "Uh." this is a bit scary. Every time I pull out to study, you know, I get my Bible. This is my favorite Bible. I get my Bible. Then I get my mini Bible. Then I get my Bible dictionary. Then I get my Bible concordance. And I found that I can't sit at my desk. I have to study on the dining room table because my Bibles are all so big. And my niece was over this week. And she was like, Titi, those are some big books. And I was like, yeah. She's like, and you like it? I was like, yes, I like it. It's like, I'm studying the word of God. These all help me understand and get ready. And she looked at me with like the world's most confused look. And I was like, I promise you, I love it. And I pray that one day you will learn to love it too. And she was like a little skeptical, but praise God, she trusted me. And she was like, okay, maybe. And I was like, all right, Jesus, you got to do your work here. So look, I get it, okay? Growing up. I went to an all-Spanish-speaking church. So my parents bought us Bibles. All of us had little Bibles. i walk around my Bible every Sunday to church. It was a King James Version in Spanish. So could you imagine, thou cometh. It was like, vos venis, sabes. I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what they're And my mom would be like, "Do you read your Bible? Mm-hmm. And I was like, where do you start? Where do you, like, this is so, or... My, my personal pet peeve, I read the Bible every morning. And Jesus said, and whatever it is, you're automatically going to apply to your life. It's not Russian roulette, guys. It's, we're not playing bingo and hoping you get a B and tomorrow you get an I. The Word of God, in order to read it, in order to appreciate it, you've got to be able to understand it. So we're going to do a little bit of Bible 101, right? Compass kids, every year we go through Bible anatomy, we go through Bible structure, and every adult that's done it the first time was like, I learned so much, Pastor. Like, I didn't know that. And I'm like, why not? But okay, we're gonna start here, which is good. We all gotta start somewhere, right? So look, if you just kinda open it up and start randomly reading, it's not gonna make sense. If you look at it, At its sheer size, it's going to be intimidating and right away you're going to be like, honestly, if it's not a graphic novel, like, comic books is as far as I'll go. Right? I I get it. You guys probably read the equivalents of something like this in text messages. Funny story. Pastor Joey, when he first got his very first cell phone, his big sister bought it. Because I was a sucker. He was a good kid. And I was like, all right, I'm going to buy you a cell phone. So I got him a cell phone. And he was at Excel Youth. And he'd always be like, Evelyn, Evelyn, can I have $20? We're going to go to movies after youth. All right, here's $20. He Evelyn, Evelyn, can I um, can I borrow the car? And I was like, yeah, but you can't keep returning it to me empty. He's like, well, I, was like, I don't have a job. And I got to drop off my, you want me to take them to church, right? They just live really far and nobody wants to take them. And I'm like fine so it's a total sucker right all for jesus all right until i'm paying my bills and i'm like all right i'm looking through and i almost fall out of my chair because this is how old pastor joey and i are they used to charge you per text not unlimited y'all not working on wi-fi per text Every text. And so like phone calls, it's like long distance phone calls outside of the city after nine o'clock and certain texts would go after. Like you had a a whole system you had to work in order to use your cell phone. And this wasn't back in the day where you had like a keyboard. You had to like hit each button three times to write one letter and you're like, like you'd get like really traumatized fingers. Tell me why this man sent me a $500 text bill. 500. I almost fell out of my chair. And of course, in the true Latin in me, I was like, Joey. No, actually, Jose Antonio Silva. It's like, what did you do? And of course, because Pastor Joey's always been a very sweet kid. He was like, I don't know. I don't know what I did. It's everybody's touching me for, for counseling advice. And, and I was like, why well, you always got to bring it back to Jesus? Jesus saved his behind so many times. I was like, oh. I was like, you texting so hard. And he was like, and I was like, how many texts do you have to send that I'm going to be charged $500? They were like 10 cents a text. So y'all do the math. Like that was ridiculous. Five, one month, $500. One month, 30 days. And of course, because he was like, he, I was, was living and I had to go to work, I come back home. My brother had written me a nice little letter. Dear Evelyn, I'm so sorry. I wasn't aware of how I was handling the phone. I didn't mean I'm gonna pay you back every penny. His broke butt. I don't know how. He was like, I'm gonna pay you back every penny. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm grateful that you paid for my phone, and I'm grateful for everything that you do. And I really was using it, you know, for the glory of God and to help these. And I'm like, Oh Jesus! Yeah, there you go, saving his butt again. And I was like, All right okay, never do that again, or I will make you pay your own phone bill. I paid his phone forever. I don't even know how long, 10, 15 years. Um, and, and he never did. Now, my sister, on the other hand, she got a $450 text bill a few months later. And I was like, don't you learn what is wrong with you children? opposite to my brother. She was like, I told you, you should have just gotten me the unlimited plan. I don't know why you went cheap and didn't get me the unlimited plan. Y'all want to guess what I did? Thank you. When you pay me $450 cash and deposit for next month's phone, you will get your phone back. Until then, it is my phone. Very different approaches, right? But even then, it didn't dawn on me like, how much can youth text like, what is wrong with you all? I promise you, if your parents ask for your text bill in writing, which if you didn't know, they can do. They can ask for that printed out and submitted to them. I think they email it now. I bet you it's as big as this Bible. And you definitely are bored, intimidated, just don't have time for this book. But you'll be reading those texts like your life depended on it, right? Right? Like "Oh my gosh, if I missed that text notification, It's awesome if we could all be as fluent, as well-versed, as passionate about reading our word of God as we would be about everything else that detracts us text, messages, TikTok, Instagram. I don't know what else, I'm too old. Y'all can throw them out there. Whatever else it is that you all are on, that draws your attention away. But today, I want to shed some light on the lie that the devil really throws out there is that the Bible is boring, but it's not. First of all, you have to understand that the Bible is the inspired word of God, okay? This isn't just letters printed on paper. I mean, it is, but it's much more than that because these words are intimate letters from God to you and to me. These words, although they were written by 40 physical authors, it was the Holy Spirit that worked through them to write exactly what is on that page. It's really an anthology of books. It's 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, written by 40 authors, right? Take notes. I'm gonna quiz you later. No, I won't. I do have a quiz, but I won't, I won't give it to you. Um, this book is full of all amazing things because this is God creator of the universe the one who was creative enough to create the beautiful colors in the sky right at dusk i used to hate it but as i get older i used to hate it because it was like the end of play day i don't know that was my kid mentality but as i get older i'm really appreciating simply the color scheme you know sometimes i look at the window and i'm like god you were feeling it today, weren't you? Because that's really pretty. And I was like, yeah, te botaste. I know how you say that in English. Like, you showed off. You showed off, Jesus. This is, this is awesome. And I'm really appreciating just the little things in nature. The closer I get to God, the more, you know, I have these random conversations. If you're ever driving by me in the car, I promise you, I'm not talking to myself. I'm most likely talking to God. Because I'm a mom. And I have pets and a husband. So I can't even go to the bathroom without a paw sticking under at least one. Like, Mommy, are you there? I'm like, please leave me alone. I just want to pee. Um, so the car is my space. The car is my, that is my sanctuary. I am forever having the world's most intense conversations with Jesus in the car. But I find myself be like, God, like, man, that word you gave today? That I have full-on conversations with the Lord. Like, I am loving this. God, when you spoke that, like... Now when I open the word of God, it's not just words. It's I'm having a conversation with God. He's speaking to me. He is meeting me where I am and giving me the exact word that I need to hear at that moment. I, love, I look forward to my time with God. And look, the first verse that I want to share with you guys, this is kind of what the message is rooted on, is 2 Timothy 3. We're going to look at verses 15 to 17. Now, you know, Timothy was a young leader, a young pastor, and he was mentored by Paul. And so Paul was pouring into him and wrote these letters to Timothy. And where's that Sky Bible? I love that he calls it a Sky Bible. I'm totally stealing it for my kids. Y'all look up at the Sky Bible. I don't have his energy. Sorry. (laughs) I'm a very sleep deprived mother. Um, (laughs) All right. So... 2 Timothy three, fifteen and 17 says, you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I love, I love that reminder, right? That first one is that it is the inspired word of God, right? Divinely spoken through the Holy Spirit to those authors translated for us. And I don't know if I include it in the notes, but this always reminds me of 2 Peter. So there's a verse in 2 Peter. Where Peter is reminding us that above all, we have to understand. I don't think I sent it. Sorry, guys. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. Meaning it's not their own thoughts, their own ideas, what, they've, what they are thinking you need to know. Okay? For prophecy never had its origins in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It's a reminder that you are not reading this letter from a man. It's not just Paul, okay? It's not just Moses. It's not just David. It's not Mark and Matthew. Even though they had eyewitness accounts, I'm sure they witnessed so many things that we are never going to read in the Bible. We're going to have to sit up there and hear some stories at the feet of Jesus of what happened with the disciples. I got a list of questions, right? But it is just what God told them through the Holy Spirit to speak to us because we needed to hear those words. Everything in the Bible matters. Anybody ever read the book of Leviticus? Leviticus. You're like, oh, Jesus, I'm going to need the Holy Spirit to get through these laws or through all the begots, right? I was like, Jesus, how many begots are there? Can we zoom through them? But you can't. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason. The book of Leviticus is full of laws so that we can understand how short we fall. There's nothing that we can do to live up to that perfect law, but God is so good that he wasn't going to leave us there. At that time, he gave the Israelites an opportunity to have sacrifices to atone for their sins, but we have the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate atonement in Jesus Christ. We have direct passage to Jesus, forgiveness of our sins through Jesus Christ, and you get to see that through a whole new lens when you're reading the book of Leviticus, just the that they're like, wow, God, even this is relevant? Okay, I'll read it. And I enjoyed it. You know, my kids are like, mommy, how many hours are you going to study? As many as you'll let me, because like, I got some catching up to do. I'll be honest, I grew up in the church. I knew all the Christianese you had to say, we were there Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, Friday nights, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, and Sunday afternoon, at least. You know what I got really good at? Sitting still. I got really good at sitting still. And boy, I had the imagination. Should have been an artist. I was an actress in high school. Time so met My husband. But, like, I got really good at just imagining things, and this was before cell phones, this was before tablets, this was before anything wireless, and we were broke, so it's not like I even had a Walkman. Oh, anybody even know what that is? <laughs> like two people, yeah. Um, it, I got really good at just sitting there and be like, Whew. all right, so it's this pastor, he's only going to preach for about an hour and 20 minutes, all right, it's not going to be so bad. That was an hour and 20-minute sermon after worship, after announcements, after baptisms. And I was like, okay, Jesus, you can do this. It was like a marathon. I just got really skilled at that. But I would tune out what was happening. I tuned it out. I mean, I knew I loved Jesus. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was eight years old, and I knew that he loved me. And I knew that he was special, and I knew that he had good plans for me. But I didn't know how to walk the walk. I didn't know how to read the Bible, okay? The Bible, the inspired word of God, is what leads us to Jesus. If you were saved in a sermon, okay? If you were saved by someone's sermon, it was the inspired word of God that moved. The Holy Spirit used the speaker to speak words from the Bible to your heart to bring about conviction and salvation, This is its origins in the physical realm, right? The spiritual realm works around us. But the Bible, it points us back to Jesus no matter where you are. From the very beginning, you look at how once Jesus Christ was born, we look at John, how it says that in the beginning was the word. In the beginning, do you remember where you guys heard that in the Bible? At the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? So if you do a word study on the word, which was like sermon number two, I think I had written in my head, um, it really tells you that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit were present from the beginning of everything, and that God's ultimate plan was to bring Jesus to this earth, that we would get a physical manifestation of God. And I love that no matter where we pick up in the Bible, you could see where it's pointing back to Jesus, And our need for him. Whether it be for salvation, for restoration, for healing, for encouragement, for hope. Whatever we need, we're going to find it in the word of God. And to know Jesus, to truly know Jesus, you've got to know the word of God. Right? This, This is how he writes to us. This is how he speaks to us. You know, all of us could be like, I know the president, Biden. How many of y'all like know the president? Or you could be like, hey, Prez, I got a question. What's happening with this new vaccination? Like, can you clarify it for me? Like, I mean, we don't have a direct line to the president. But hello, Jesus is even more important. We have a direct line through prayer. We have answers right here to our most astounding questions. It's here. Right? And If you look at Timothy 3, chapter 3, we're looking at 16, 17, it also reminds us that the Bible helps to teach us what is true. The complete opposite of a lie is the truth, right? So, if the Bible sets the standard for truth, it's in here, okay? It teaches us what is true and makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. I love this. One, it teaches us what's true. What happens if you don't know what's true? You're going to live a lie. You're going to live wrong. You ever heard that saying, you just you don't know what you don't know? Shame on you if you have given your heart to Jesus And you don't know the word of God. You cannot answer, well, I don't know what I don't know. You don't know because you don't want to know. You don't know because you don't want to know. The Bible clearly says, seek and you will find. Okay? Knock and the door will be open. Some of us are like, Jesus, meet me where I'm at. But I don't want to go read your Bible because, like, I don't have time. It's too boring. But Jesus, I need you. But, you know, you come to me. Because I don't want to go be over there. Like, that's too much work. The truth is here. The truth is important. And look, John 8, 32 says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Right? That's one of the first Bible verses you guys learned as kids. The truth will set you free. We love to say the truth is going to set me free. I'm walking in freedom. I am woke, right? No, you ain't. First of all, but here, look, you will know the truth. It's not just knowing it, it's understanding it. Understanding the truth is what sets you free. It sets you free from the bondage of sin, right? It sets you free from those habits. It sets you free from the temptation that you just can't resist. The truth sets you free, but you must know the truth. And you must understand what it means. When they say follow Jesus, you know, Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. He didn't mean like, I'm at church every Sunday. I'm a Christian because I'm there every Sunday. And I'm there every Thursday, faithfully every Thursday. Praise God that you are. I hope that you are. But what are you doing every other day where you're not here and I'm making you open up? Or you're looking at the Sky Bible? What are you doing then? It's not enough, just those two days. And this is why, this, this is probably one of my favorite lessons to teach children, okay? I, I got probably like a top five that I just love. But I want to take you to Ephesians 6.10, because I am totally over time. And we're, we're going to try to wrap it with this one. Ephesians 6.10, we're looking at 10 through 12. All right, and this is Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And he says, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. I'm going to pause right there. If you don't think that the devil is strategic, you don't know the truth. He is going to come at you, and you and all of it. I mean, Pastor Izzy just, the last time he spoke was talking about how God will never give you more than you can handle. That's a lie. Yes, he will. Because he is our strength. He is the one that's going to help us. And so I love, the devil even makes his lies sound good. He's strategic. What's your favorite TikTok? Who are you following? He's going to find a way to use it. Where, you know, what is the chore you hate the most? He's going to find a way to use it. You know, I got in trouble the most in my life because I didn't want to wash dishes. Which is why when I married my husband, I was like, I required two things. A diamond ring that's one carat or greater because I dated him 11 years, don't recommend it. And, and I was like, and a dishwasher in our apartment or home. If you cannot meet those two criteria you are not eligible to be my husband. Like I needed a dishwasher. And because he was sent to me from Jesus, I have a dishwasher and I don't do dishes. (laughs) My husband does dishes. God bless him. He's very good. And then occasionally I'll load the dishwasher. He's like, you didn't do it right. Like he's got a whole system and his whole Tetris thing. And I'm like, I guess I'm just not good at it. Okay, I love it. But look, I, the devil knew that I hated washing dishes. And it was always how I got in trouble. And it was always where my sister would pick on me the most. And my sister was in the back like, because <laughs> it was always like, they tell my sister, Maribel, go wash the dishes. Okay, mommy. Second time. Maribel, go wash the dishes. Okay, mommy. Maribel, go wash the dishes. Yeah, mommy, I'm going. Let me just finish here. She disappeared right? We were broke and we lived in a two, like a two bedroom apartment. You know, poor Joy lived in like the cupboard under the stairs. No, it was on the side of, it was the pantry. He legit lived in the pantry. (laughs) He was tiny. I promise you he fit. He was fine. Um, (laughs) But like she would disappear somehow. I don't know how she would disappear. And my mom would be like, Evelyn, go do the dishes. And me living in the flesh was like, I'm not going to wash the dishes. You just told her to wash the dishes like three times. Go find her have her wash the dishes. Could you imagine? That was my mother. My mother always said I have teeth in my mouth by the grace of God, and I do. I was like, oh. And my mother would be like, te dije que laves los trastes. I told you to wash the dishes. And I'd be like, oh. I'm going to wash the dishes, but I'm not happy about having to wash the dishes because you already told her she had to wash the dishes. And now I got to wash the dishes for the third time this week. And of course, my don't talk back or you're going to have to wash the dishes for the rest of the week. Es más, here are the pots and pans from the frijoles. I was like, no, thank you. They boiled for like four hours. And the devil knew that was my hot button. And you would think after a while I learned to just honor my mother and my father to respect them and to obey them because that's what God wanted. And I would have saved a lot of dishwashing, a lot of spankings, a lot of groundings had I just understood that the word of God was for my good. Even that. Trying to explain that to my kids now, Lord Jesus, give me the power of the Holy Spirit to convey that message. But I think that one day they'll get it. The devil has strategies, right? And verse 12 says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. I find myself quoting this verse so often to parents who are struggling with their children not wanting to come to church or with their children who are Even now, seven, eight, nine-year-olds, depression, cutting, anxiety, bullying. And the parents are like, I don't know what to do. I bring them to church every Sunday. Like, I don't know what else to do. And I'm like, God can do miracles. And if they come and they meet, God can bring healing, restoration. He can do what he needs to do. But my question to the mom or the dad is always, do you understand that all of these issues Require a fight. You need to fight the spiritual realm as a parent you need to go to battle for your children and I am constantly telling my parents prepare to battle and you battle on your knees in prayer and you battle by pouring into the scripture and allowing it to come to life in your life and in the lives of those who are around you you don't have kids but you are living a life that requires the power of the Holy Spirit to fight the battle that you are already facing knee deep If it's not your battle today, you will have a battle tomorrow. You are surrounded by people who are fighting some real hardcore battles. Sometimes we don't understand. I've seen the therapist. I've taken the medication. I've written in my journals. I don't understand what else to do. Don't get me wrong. Doctors, medicine, therapies, all of that works. But we know. That we need to first and foremost go to Christ and God will direct us. We can use all of those other amazing resources that we have. But you have to understand that there are so many fights in your life that are happening right now on the spiritual level. And you have been given the tools. You have been given the number one tool. Okay, second favorite story to teach children outside of Of um, probably creation, because we do it the most often, is the armor of God. Because you see, when we're looking at Ephesians 6, I'm going to jump all the way to verse 13. It says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing. 14 says, stand your ground right? And then it begins to list out all of the different armor. And verse 17, we're jumping again to 17, says, and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is your sword, right? This is the sixth piece of armor that Paul discusses in in Ephesians 6. And it represents the powerful word of God. Now, when Paul was writing this, a Roman soldier, his sword, that was their gun. That was their weapon, their offensive weapon against the enemies. Okay? So look, when you look at what an offensive weapon is, it's a tool that's made and adapted or intended for the purpose of inflicting physical injury upon the other person physical injury, of all the armor of God, the Bible is your only offensive weapon. Look, I grew up in the hood. I never left my house without a wad of coins or keys. You know, like every lost key in the house, like we only had two apartments. How on earth did we have so many keys? I don't know, but thank you, Jesus. He knew I needed them because if I was walking in the streets You know, I was young, taking my little brother, but I think the first time I was mugged, I was 12. Pastor Joy was like seven, teeny tiny. And he was like all flexing. I'm like, dude, you're asthmatic, tiny self, get out. And I like, I I thought I was brave. I had a sock full of these coins or a sock full of these keys. And I was like, come at me, brother, because I'm gonna get you. Come at me. I mean, I grew up in the hood, I could box you. But it was, it was my weapon, that's all I had. There was no money for mace. Like, I don't think you could have it in school. You go to like jail for that. But I had, I had what I could have till this day. I am 41, live in a pretty good neighborhood, right? And I carry my keys with like the key fob in my hand and the keys to get out. Like, I'm gonna stab you if you come up on me because I need a weapon. I could never not be without a weapon. I'm traumatized, right? But like, if I'm like that about my physical self, How much more should I guard my spiritual self? You know, eventually this, oh Lord, I'm feeling It's withering. It ain't gonna be here for that much longer. My daughter loves to remind me, mom, you're middle-aged. You on the second half now. I was like, girl, like just barely. She's like pushing me down the hill. Come on. I'm like, just barely, 41. But I don't look a day over 37. So I'm okay with that. Um, But look. Our spiritual selves, we're going to live for eternity. You get to choose where your your spiritual self lives. But I want to be with Jesus. I want to be a part of his army. And you know that the closer you try to get to God, the more the devil is going to come at you. You'll be like, I've been reading my Bible for a week straight. I'm all good. Bam. You get that phone call you didn't want to get. Some crazy stuff starts popping up in your life. You got to learn to fight with the word of God. It is necessary for you to be biblically fluent so that you can apply the word of God to every situation in your life. So that you can speak truth over the lies that you see. So that you could recognize the lies. Ephesians 6 somewhere in there talks about how the devil is throwing flaming arrows. What would you do in the physical realm if you had a flaming arrow being thrown at you? How many of y'all have been involved in a shootout? Ever? Bullets, shoots? Man, am I the only one that grew up in the hood? All right, I thought we were urban. Okay, look, I remember like we'd get out of church. Come on, where's someone else went to Peniel here? But shout out to Peniel, love you guys. It was in humble park, it was rough. We would get out, and you'd have to, like, kick the crack bottles out to walk through. And every now and then, there'd be a shooting. It'd be real quick to be like, no. I, mean, I remember being a little girl my grandmother ducking me under a car. I like, got to make it to church all six times a week. <laughs> like, <laughs> <you> got to duck. <laughs> got to survive for next service. But look, if you—I <laughs> don't run. I don't run because of my knee injury. I just can't. It hurts. If you see me running— It's not because I'm taking a leisurely stroll with Pastor Jason. If you see me running, y'all better start running too because something is chasing me. That is the only reason I'm going to run. Something is chasing me. In the spiritual realm, we have flaming arrows being thrown at us all the time. And we're like, I don't know what to do. Can you pray for me? 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 If I hear that, and I'm like, gee, I don't have, it's not like the Batman phone. Like, I don't have a direct line to God any more than you do. You can pray to God just like I can. You can go to him, but your strength comes from here. I want to encourage you guys today to really flex your muscles with the Word of God. I want to encourage you today to join in on that fight. If you've given your heart to Jesus, the next step is to study his Word. And look, Your devotionals every morning on your fun little app, it's really cool. Your little prayer list, five minutes, that's cool, that's great. But that's like if the only thing you ate that day was a Lunchables. And I know some of y'all do, but as the mama in me says, you need real food. If you don't have some habichuelas on your plate, some rice, some tortillas, because I'm Mexican, like it's not a full meal. You need a full meal. You need to get in the habit of studying the word of God, of pouring into it. Make it a habit. There is not a book in the Bible that should be untouched. You can't pick and choose. It's not a buffet. All right? I hate buffets. They're unsanitary. But you get to go through the Bible from beginning to end. If you're anything like me, it didn't make sense to me. I had to go out and buy me a chronological Bible because I was like, well, what happened first? well, what happened later? And I don't, I don't get it. Like, The chronological Bible helped me understand historically what was happening. If you don't have a Bible, show me if you have a phone. Hold your phone up. You know you all have it like immediately at the ready and you're all playing coy. <gasps> you don't have a phone, Devin. Oh, wow. I'm so proud of you. I, that is some restraint. I am proud of you. If you have a phone, you have a Bible. If you don't like reading, okay, there's audio Bible. It's street lights. You want it read to you with a nice little beat in the background? You got street lights. If you want, I, I like the dude with the fancy British accent. So sometimes I listen to NIV. Sometimes I go NLT. That's my favorite version. Listen to the Bible. Find a space where it's just you and God, I get it. You may not have a lot of those spaces. Make one. Find one. A time and a space for you to be with God. Hear his word. Read his word. If you're anything like me, I am a slow learner. Like Jesus, you got to take the wheel. You got to guide me. I like to listen to it while I read it, right? It's like, it's like a read-along for the little kids. That's why God made me a kids pastor, because I learn better with children's material. But whatever works for you, find what works for you. You know what? In the summer, you have time. Don't come at me with, I don't have time. I got so many plans. My mom's got a chore list. You're not going to do half of it anyway. But Make time. This is a time for you to start a habit that you can carry on into the future. And, you know, this is a time where in the summer, you're going to start making this habit to spend time with God, and you're going to, you know what? Love it. You're going to fall in love with your time with God, and you're going to find that you're not the same without that. My kids know when I haven't spoken to Jesus. Mommy needs her Jesus time, because mommy's not, she's acting not. Poppy! leave mommy alone so she go talk to Jesus because she's not happy. I mean, they're good. They're, 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 they're the first ones to be like, she did not talk to Jesus today. Or sometimes I'll look at them and I'm like, did y'all have Jesus time today? Or sometimes we have to take family breaks where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to yell. Everybody go spend time with Jesus now. And we have been like, go spend time with Jesus. And I'm like, well, calm down. And I'm like, come back. Let's spend time with Jesus together. We get to spend, that's my favorite time, when we spend time together with Jesus. And praise God, it's usually my husband that hears it because my daughters are like, Mom, you can't be my mom and my pastor and especially during pandemic and my homeschool teacher. Like, I've had enough of you, mommy. I was like, feeling is mutual, child. (laughs) But that family time in the word of God, it transforms our family dynamic. It transforms the situations that we're facing Learning to spend that time right now, it is not boring. It is your encounter with Christ that will transform your life, that will equip you for what God has called you to do. And so today I want to pray. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will pour into you guys and give you a desire like never before to be in his word. And I'm going to pray that y'all understand it. Can, can, I, can I do a little shout out? Look, The Bible, Pastor Jason, you want to come up? The Bible is an inspired word of God, right? He revealed it to the people as they wrote it. But did you know that he will reveal it to you as you read it? But you must ask. You've got to be right and open. You can't be like in the car with everybody else. Like, I'm just going to read my Bible. Check, done. Jesus, I don't know why you're not moving in my life. It's taking the time to say, God, thank you for your word, for speaking to me through this. Thank you, Lord, because I know that you have something to say to me today. When I open this Bible to read, Lord, can you reveal something new to me? Can you show me that you're present? Can you show me that you love me? Can you show me? what I need to be doing right now. You ask, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know what? I can't even pray today because I don't have the words. Lord, can you give me your words through the Bible? He will give you the revelation of what it means. You will not only be able to understand his word, but you will grow to love it, to crave it. And then you know what's going to happen? you will start speaking not just with movie quotes, not just with Simpsons references. You will begin to speak with Bible verses. You will begin to speak truth into your situations. When a friend comes and tells you, you will be able to give them hope that is rooted in the word of God. Challenge yourself not just to read it, but to memorize it. Memorize the word of God. It will lead you into a more intimate relationship with Christ. It will equip you to do the work that you need to be doing right now. Yes, you have a purpose even at your age. You do not have to wait till you go to college. You do not have to wait until you have a career or a family. Right now, where you are, God has a purpose for your life. God is calling you for something in this season and you will not know what that calling is. You will not know how you're supposed to go, what your marching orders are until you spend time in his word. It will guide you, transform you, lead you, inform you, release you. It is my favorite in the whole world. It is my favorite. Refuge when I get to spend time alone with God and talk to him. My prayer is that you will be fluent. That the Bible will be an integral part of your life. And that that will draw you closer to Christ even more than you ever imagined. So guys, I'm going to ask you all to get up out of your seat and come up to the altar. Because this is a place of transformation. Transformation. The Holy Spirit will move. And some of us, we need a spiritual fire to be birthed in our hearts so that we can even want to open this book. So that God can reveal to you some wondrous and mighty things in his word. So guys, will you close your eyes? And Lord... I thank you so much for each and every person that is here. Lord, I thank you for the lives of these individuals, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you created them for a purpose, dear Jesus. Lord, I thank you because you are calling each and every one of them to you, sweetly and tenderly. Lord, I pray... That the Holy Spirit will move in the hearts of each and every person here. Lord, I pray that you will birth in them a fire, a desire, dear Jesus, to have an intimate relationship with you. Lord, and if they have an intimate relationship, Lord, will you give them a fresh anointing? A fresh understanding, dear Jesus, that they may know things, Lord, that they may be able to speak truth into other people's lives, dear Jesus, not just their own. Lord, for you called us all to make disciples, dear Jesus. So Lord, I pray that you will equip, that you will strengthen, that you will teach them to wield the weapon against the enemy, Lord, Lord, I pray that they would be mighty soldiers of your kingdom, dear Heavenly Father, that you will use them for your glory, that they will have testimonies of how they were able to use the word and apply it to their situations, to overcome situations, to go through the tough situations. Lord, I pray that you will meet them where they are, that you will remove the intimidation And Lord, that you will reveal your word and that it will penetrate their hearts, dear Jesus, that they can not only read it, hear it, but live it and love it. Lord, may they be lovers of your word, dear Jesus, boldly and unashamedly proclaiming it to everyone around them. Lord, use them for your mighty purpose Lord, continue to prepare them and equip them for what you have called them to do, dear Jesus, and let their age not stop them or deter them, Lord, for you will use them in ways that they've never imagined even now. So, Lord, I pray that you will reveal their purpose right now in this season to them, dear Jesus. Bring revelation. Bring restoration. Open their eyes to the truth, dear Jesus, and help them. Lord, just help them, Lord, to live as you have asked them to live, where you are first and they are second, where you are glorified in all that they say and all that they do. Lord, I thank you so much for what you will do with this generation for how you will equip them and use them for your glory to impact Excel Youth, to impact Belmont Assembly of God, to impact Chicago, the country, and the world for your glory, Lord. For in here, you have mighty warriors, dear Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you in advance for all that you will do in and through them for your glory, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor Ariel.
1: Can we give it up for Pastor Evelyn? That was awesome. Thank you. What a great word. Oh, I just love that. The lie that the Bible is boring. It's not boring. Um, I mean, I I know this is totally not spiritual, but, you know, if you read some stories in the Old Testament, it is not boring. Some stories in Judges, those Judges are savage in there. Let me tell you, it is not boring. Or some things that Jesus has done, the Bible is exciting, and it's truth, you know, It's what's really happened. I also love if you find yourself here tonight, and I even believe Pastor Evelyn mentioned this. You know, you might tell her, but I can't hear God. Or Pastor Ariel, I can't hear God. Why can't I hear God? I'm praying and he's not speaking. Let me tell you, this right here is God speaking. If you can't hear him, open this up. Open up your Bible app on your phone Like she's saying, just have it read to you. It can be read to you for free. That is the easiest and surest way to hear God because it is his voice. Read your Bibles. It is not boring. It is God's voice. What a great word. What a great challenge for us going into this summer when we got all this free time, right? Right. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for being here tonight. Um, It was so good to have you guys here with us at Excel Youth. Like we mentioned, yes. Next week, Pastor Izzy is speaking at the Wednesday night prayer meeting. So... I'm sure he would love to see you guys there and have your support if you're able to make it on out. Also, starting next Thursday, all the way up to breakaway, we're having what we're gonna be calling Summer Nights at Excel. So we have some exciting things happening. We're gonna have giveaways every week. We're gonna have some fun things planned for summer. We're gonna have some good summer desserts. So that is starting next Thursday, Summer Nights at Excel. You do not wanna miss it okay thank you guys for being here tonight you are dismissed and we will see you next week